The VR Podcast. Your realm for all things immersion tech in education and business. Prepare to be transported. We're back at it, and today, it's me and Steven again, yes, sir. Um, we have Jen Park uh, from North Orange County. Um, yes, is that correct? And yeah, yes, so you're missing the yeah. acronym SELPA. SELPA, so in, yeah, okay. Yes, okay. so it stands for Special Education Local Plan Area. Okay. So in California, we're kind of, the special ed consortiums are kind of divided mm. up into, I guess for lack of a better word, it'd be similar to what the county offices of ed are okay. across okay. the state. Okay. Of course, in California, we have to be different. So we divide everything up into kind of consortiums. Okay. So I, I'm ba- based out of North Orange County area. Okay. So okay. under the Orange County Dep- Department of Ed, we've broken out into little subsections as well. Okay. So I service five districts in the okay. North Orange County regional area okay. under special education. Sounds like OASD, okay. local district, ABC. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. We just like to add more acronyms to the acronyms. Well, okay. Yeah. In all fairness, because, you know, I'm from South Louisiana. Y'all have a high population rate. I can only, <laughs> I can't imagine the size of these schools. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, and from our neck of the woods, when you have a, you know, a 2,000 person high school, that's like massive. And, you know, it's, uh, I'm sure that's like. Y'all, yes, like, it, it, it could be, it be one school, or yeah, it could yeah. be you know one district of schools. So yeah. Yes, yeah. So I get that, and and I would imagine it makes it uh, really easy to justify resources, which obviously you are performing that way. Absolutely. You're not stretching people so thin that you can actually be super super effective at your job. So um, although it's weird, I think. Maybe that ends up being a good thing. It's, it's hard. I'll, I'll put oh. it that way. Every, it's it's yeah. quite challenging. Only yeah. because my my official, I guess, professional title role is I'm an assistive technology coordinator. Okay. Yeah. Prior to that, I was a classroom teacher. Yeah. And I think I'm just a lifelong learner educator by trade. Yeah. Um, technology was always something that I really enjoyed and yeah. always bringing in technology for my classrooms. Yeah. And so coming out of the classroom into a coordinator role that oh this is great I'd make more impact well then you have to stick not just one school district but five districts yeah, so that that that's changes what it makes a little bit very challenging yeah yeah no I, I me and Steven yeah. the similar background you know and you get out and you think oh I'm going to impact so many more uh, right. so many more people and then you realize wait the time didn't increase right. I mean there's still only 24 hours in a day exactly. Um, and then the whole, you know, traveling thing yes. that also makes it difficult. Yes, for sure. Um, okay. So, um, what I'm really excited about to talk to you today is because, um, on this podcast, we do interview a lot of people that are involved in immersion technology. And a lot of these people, um, are people that are well versed in that technology and they can talk about that and even implement it in classrooms and stuff like that but today for the first time I believe I don't think we have anybody yeah. on the show um, that's really addressing accessibility okay. right 
And yeah, so um, I know that you've got some things that you're you're going to be presenting on at FETC. But yeah. what I'd like to talk about is kind of like your journey into that. Like how like obviously you have that passion for when you're in the classroom as an educator. And now seeing those needs, especially in special education, how are you marrying those things together when it comes to VR, yes, AR, whatever? Yes, for sure. Um, so my journey started with, basically, I'm, I'm Korean. So, you know, there's only three professions in most Asian cultures, right? It's either engineer, doctor, or lawyer. And I was on my way to be a doctor. And then I thought, you know, maybe I'll just take a year off and go do something else. Yeah. And it was like, but then, you know, you don't want to waste time because that's a no-no. So yeah. I said, well, maybe All I'll look into it. All the coming out. Right, exactly. <laughs> so got, got to face that elephant in the room. So I told my parents, well, I'll just take a year off and not take a year off, but I'll do something in academia. Yeah. And just somebody by passing, I think it was in, in one of the hallways, had said like, oh, you know, I'm going to go do education because that's only a year program. And I was like, oh, a year program? I, I am taking a year off. Quote convenient. Yeah. How convenient is that? Yeah. So I looked into this thing called education and I was like, well, I don't know. I can't really see myself as being a teacher and whatnot. Yeah. And then they were, whoever these groups of people were that just happened to be walking by the hallways um, mentioned something about special education. And I was like, special education? Well, now what is that all about? So I had no clue what I was walking into. And then I looked into special education yeah. and, I, and I was trying to find an area or a focus area that would go in line with my quote unquote end goal of being a doctor. So that area in oh, special education, that's cool. yeah. right? So, cause I yeah. had a purpose. I can't just take a year off and do nothing, right? It, I can't waste my year. Yeah. Yeah. So in looking at the areas of special education, one of the areas that came up was working with kids with physical and health disabilities, which goes right in line with becoming a doctor. And I was like, that would be the perfect marriage. Yeah. So here, there and started my initial journey into this education, quote unquote, special education. Yeah. And it was literally, I met with my advisor. Yes, you'll be done in a year. You sure? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so let's do this. <laughs> so it started the year in and she was like, you know, you should really look into getting a master's. And I was like, mm, yeah, I have other plans. I'm going to go be a doctor. <laughs> and I did want to be a pediatrician. Nice. So I was like, okay, working with kids. Okay. Sure. Just, you know, right up my alley. And then it was like, oh, but, you know, if you just do a master's in, in a year and a half, I mean, you're going to be halfway through. And then you do have to put in classroom time, you know, the master teacher, yeah. the student, te those kinds of things. So yeah. you're just adding a few more months and then you'll have a master's and then you could go on your merry way okay not a problem you know two years tops two and a half years top i'll be done and on my way to medical school yeah. and then slowly it was like oh there was an opportunity that opened up in my initial first district that i worked at and it was working with kids that had at the time it was called orthopedic impairments okay so the school itself was dedicated for kids with physical and health impairments they were bused in from 14 different school districts my okay. school happened to just be one where it was all kids that were bused into that place and technology has always been something that i really enjoy so i thought well is there a way that i could at the time it was the uh, mac cube computers i think it was and so there was one computer I remember in my classroom that I inherited as a student teacher um, that somebody had written on with a Sharpie, Internet computer. And I thought, okay, <laughs> Internet computer, what does that mean? I have, you know, we have six computers here. And why is it that just one 
only has internet computer don't they all go online like i don't understand <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're like no 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 this is the one the only one that can that kids could use to use the internet and i was like mm, i don't think so let's just try something so tinkering because that's what i just love to do yeah and you know being kind of a techie nerd in that sense i wanted to look behind the scenes of a computer you know take it apart and i had a friend of mine who who had a business of that so i would go and ask him questions and okay, how do you make this? And how come this doesn't work? And show me and teach me. And so I learned all those things. And I was like, well, I'm going to buy a router. I'm going to set it up. You know, and, and so I did I like all those, this story. Right? And right, so... Then we have two DHCP servers on one network. And then everything goes down. And no, like, but... It was look, Jen Parker. Right. did it. Not Jennifer. It was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can blame it on Jen. You blame it on Jen. <laughs> Anything <laughs> negative with Jen. Right. Jennifer. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. So I kind of did things, and then I got the kids on this internet-only computer. Well, there were five other ones, and so all six computers at the time worked. And then I thought, well, now a lot of my students, being that they have mobility issues or physical access issues, I thought, well, the standardized keyboard that you and I are familiar with or the laptop screen that you and I are familiar with using without any issues became a barrier. So I thought yeah. there's got to be another way for these kids to be able to access. And then my population of students, sometimes they're home hospital bound, which yeah. means that further limits their ability to be able to interact. And I thought there's got to be something out there that they can do and enjoy. And I taught junior high. So sixth, seventh and eighth grade there. It doesn't re- regardless of disability, they're as sarcastic or, you know, as maladaptable, as mm-hmm. all of those things. That's just right up my alley. So I was trying to find solutions for that. And it's, very easy a lot of the times to go find the one piece of tool that can kind of do everything. Well, the problem with that is you're now limited because the teacher has to learn all of the, all the ins and outs about it. They have to be able to uh, support the student and then they're only with the student for a year and then everything moves on to the next teacher where that whole process starts over again. Whereas if you take something that's more mass market easily adaptable, easily, you know, usable, trainable, all of those things, then everybody has a buy-in. And then particularly with my students, it was all about the cool factor. So I don't care what you put in front of me and how much it costs. If it's not cool and nobody else is using it, then, excuse my French, there's no way in hell that I'm (laughs) going to use this. So I don't really care what you do. And I tried the whole bribing, you know, the positive reinforcements, all of those things. It didn't work. And at the end of the day, it was like, well, okay, let's try to find things that are out there. So it may take a little more time. But if you're willing and I'm willing, we'll just try these kinds of things. And that's kind of how I approach that. So then quickly I became kind of like the technology lead teacher on my school site, kind of putting up different kinds of little things. And in order to get a buy-in from my general ed teachers that I was trying to kind of partnership with for my students, it was, well, why don't you go ahead and see if you can... You know, let's, what what about technology fears do you have, just on a personal level? Don't even talk about my kids. And I br- approached it that way. So it was like, well, do you like to send, you know, receive uh, emails from your grandkids or pictures from your grandkids? Wouldn't that be a great way? And kind of incorporating technology yeah. for them on a personal level. Yeah. And then that turned into, oh, guess what? My kids can do da 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 And they might be able to teach you something. So that was kind of my foot in the door. Yeah. And then I started to see how not only did my kids enjoy technology that all of their other peers were using, but at the same time being able to kind of show somebody else that is quote-unquote normal in their eyes to be able to utilize so they felt important and then everybody mattered so that became kind of my journey and then part of my um, credential 
working with kids with physical impairments has an assistive technology curriculum built into my credential. So it's always been looking at kind of the world from an access point of view. And it's very interesting to see how um, I just recently came back from the CES trade show, which is the California. I am so jealous. The the tech show. (laughs) And the reason why I go to that every year is because I like to see what's out there that's coming down the pike and seeing how could we take that into our special ed because it's there. And it's very interesting this year. And I think part of it is with the aging population of the people that are there, a lot of it is turning into accessibility for the aging population but we have to remember that we have to start from our young from our littles right and so for some of our kids that's the only thing that they know so kind of bridging that has always been my mission and being in the classroom it was i think if i was back in the classroom now i think my classroom would totally transform because of all of the tools that are out there you we are kindred spirits (laughs) i swear because everything you're saying like speaks to me so much like that all makes like i can see a lot of myself in my story it's very very similar yeah right? it's it, it was always something and, and the reason why i looked at kind of ar vr was because first of all i was personally interested because i was like what what is this all of about of course you are because <laughs> our stories are the same exactly are <laughs> the see, same person kinder, exactly exactly we're the same <laughs> so i looked at that and i thought well how would i bring that into my classroom if i had a classroom and at the time i was kind of working with um I was out of the classroom, but I was able to work with our other population of students, which I just consider all along the special ed mm. spectrum, which is our gate students. Yeah. To me, they're just on the higher end of our special ed spectrum. So I wanted to kind of bring in things at the time. This was when coding was coming out and yeah. AR and VR, and people kind of stuck with the coding part of it. And, I, and so that's kind of what I taught. And I thought, well, why couldn't I take coding? which is pretty simple. And so our kids that have impairments might be able to start off with coding with a partner, gen ed partner. And then is there something with the AR VR component that I can bring in to our students? Because who doesn't like 3D? And yeah. everybody likes 3D. Yeah. So I started looking into those kinds of things. And what I what really stuck with me was that my students preferred more AR stuff versus VR. First of all, cost-wise, VR, you do have to have a headset, and yeah. it's more single, you know, and the um, because of the population of students that I had and some of them having medically fragile issues yeah. or sensitivity to certain kinds of stimulations sure. or putting on a headset, it was right. not going to work. Yeah, that, But they that can take sense. a 2D object, a piece of paper, and make a 3D exper- experience, yeah. and you could do it in a group. So you're having that immersion technology all together. You're experiencing yeah. it all together. And so yeah. there in started my journey of, okay, well, what is out there for our kids with special needs? And then as far as accessibility, well, if I have a student who is medical bound and at home, well, we can't say, oh, I'm sorry. Well, you're not here in class today, so you don't yeah. get to experience what you did in the classroom. I can bring those things to yeah. life. Yeah. And so that's kind of where, I guess, long story short, was how my whole journey into this whole kind of immersive technology began. And I feel like I'm kind of on a single mission to just try to change people's mindset. It's not just a gen ed thing. It's not just a mass market thing. It's not. It, it's really a game changer, I feel like, for everybody, particularly our students, because they feel like they have a stake and they have a seat at the table with everybody else. And they can join in with everybody else. Yeah. To participate. That's, it's really cool to think about that because, you know, I feel like from our standpoint, we often fight this battle of 
proving justification. So the things that we present the most on and the things we talk about the most are things that primarily affect gen ed. Yes. But it's interesting to think about this technology and the power that it has to transcend those traditional barriers of general education, special education, and even as far as far as um, students and teachers, like it can really be something that's just for people that can help affect people that can transcend things for them. Absolutely. And that's partly why one of the things that really stuck with me was this whole universal design for learning. That, to me, AR, VR, is exactly what universal design for learning is. It allows all students to be able to participate in whatever way that they can and still feel like they are stakeholders. And I think that's the most important. I mean, the, the empowerment, the... You know, their faces are priceless when when you see that they are bringing something to the table, whether it be coding, whether it be, you know, any of these STEM subjects. To me, that has been the most um, phenomenal game changer that I feel like, okay, there's somebody, even if it's one person at a time. And so a lot of my um, kind of mission as far as being able to, to work with people or to try to present at sessions has been, okay, here's something that you can do to start if you want to do customize and create your own. We, there's apps for that. But if you're afraid of that and you just want to go, like, what is the one thing that I can do? Here are some apps that are just so easy and ready to go. And you can basically have very little teacher prep time and give it to your kids. And yeah. that's what I think I try to tell our adult learners is give it to the kids. Yeah, They will be able to take off with it. And then you can learn from them. I learn from my students all the time. Yeah, Ability or no ability, right? They, they teach you something because they see things from a different perspective. <laughs> and so if you are open to that and you're a lifelong learner, which I am, that's just something that I'll just kind of sit back and, and watch. And then you gain yeah. something, right? So every day is a learning experience. And so that's kind of been my journey is trying to get our special needs populations to embrace this and go, oh, I could do this. It's not so daunting and so overwhelming because if you go to a lot of the sessions and you go to a lot of the conferences when they talk about AR, VR, it is very intense. It mm. is very much um, intimidating from, I think, from a special ed perspective to come in and say, but how do I use this in my classroom and how much prep time does it take and all of my kids are differently abled. And Well, I'm going to tell you, uh, speaking personally, I think that if I were going to, pre- like, let's say I go in and I'm leading a workshop or presentation and somebody asks me about that, I got. I got to be honest. I don't think I'm fully prepared to answer that, even as somebody that's presenting and leading the workshop. Um, so it's definitely something that, it, and it's not. Nec- My bad. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why. I just. I don't know. I'm making noises, sound effects, and it happens. That's fine. But I think that now it's. I really need to start considering those things, and it's not necessarily like it's more work. It's just a frame of thinking. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. Well, cause, go ahead, please. Oh, no. You go ahead. No, because we talk a lot about accessibility and equity and access. Am I? Yeah. We talk a lot about accessibility, yeah, and equity, go. and access. Um, but I think those that are, say, immobile, I remember this story, um, and I forgot who, who told it, but uh, it was about climbing Mount Everest, right? And you had somebody wheelchair-bound. Sure, you could probably adapt that. First of all, the normal person, I'm not going to ever climb Mount Everest. However, if I could, and I had all my, I could walk and climb and grab and all that stuff, fine. But to adapt somebody in a wheelchair to be able to do that would yes. be difficult. Absolutely. Um, but uh, you can do that in VR with yeah. presence, yes. linking these critical core senses together yes. and the feeling of being there. 
And I think that we need to, like you said, James, is look at VR as a way, as a in a different mindset, where we can bring accessibility, not just you know access to things that are impossible, but access to things that are physically impossible. As yeah, well. like expanding our definition of what impossible exactly. really means. I think we've been very narrow-minded up until today. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I think it's really no. challenged me to think <laughs> no, about it. It it really has because you know. When we think of just the term accessibility, yeah. like what does that mean? Yeah. That means that you're gaining access to something that's in front of you that preventing you from doing that. Right. And whether that's, you know, climbing Mount Everest or whether it's really something as simple as how do I cross the street appropriately? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it, 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 like I, I feel kind of I feel kind of crappy now. I got to be <laughs> honest. Don't. I do. No, don't, James. Don't. 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 No, no, because don't of that. Me, James, no, because sorry. Like I hadn't. Re- <laughs> because I hadn't. I have not really given it that much thought. Yeah. And you know, the most thought I had coming into this interview is like, man, we're going to have a different perspective. I wasn't really thinking in terms of this is really, really going to challenge the way I perceive and the way I approach immersion technology. Well, and, s- and it's not necessarily yeah. different. It's just, and I don't want to say it's more inclusive. I'm. I think it's probably just more effective. I think it's more effective, and I think it's it's a lot like it's a lot of work for what the three of us are doing already. Correct, right? And we're trying to evangelize and showcase this and speak the language of our peers without having them go to sleep on us because it's too technical or it's exactly. too hard. yeah right. But when so I'm going back to another reference to uh, this is a program in Nevada that works with um, the, li- the libraries. They put VR in the libraries. Ch- child was autistic. Um, would do excessive mirroring, right? Yes. And so after he was working um, with this group and this program for some time in VR, mainly it was experiences that were passive, like the blue and things of that nature, you would hear him speak inside of these experiences. There, But he wasn't responding to anybody, and he wasn't mirroring anything because there was nothing being said. And then over the course of a month, he would begin to speak to his parents. And then the program director got a call from the parents and were like, what have you done my child what what have you used with my child what's different in the way that you're now educating him him and they said well we've just been doing vr like that's what we've been doing Hmm. and so now mirroring has subsided significantly so we just never know because we're not looking with that frame of mind yeah i feel like a lot of the times with ar vr it's kind of like looking looking at a um I guess you would say like like a, a soda pop can or, or you know a can of Coke, yeah. right? You you can look at it from the front side where you drink, mm-hmm. but you can be looking at it from the opposite side where where the logo might look a little different. Mm-hmm. We're all looking at the same thing, but our perspectives are different. Yeah. And that's what I feel like with ARBR. It's that thing where yeah. we can all take a piece of it and make it our own, and it's really yeah. all, all inclusive. So it doesn't matter disability or ability yeah. to be able to take the mm-hmm. same tool. And find empowerment with that, right? And so that's where I feel like with our students to be able to have that same experience. So I remember one of the things um, when I first walked into my classroom at the time, it was, oh, the student who had no use of his his, uh, one arm because he had cerebral palsy. Oh, well, you know, oh, no, actually he had no use of both arms. So, okay, you can't use your arm, so I'm sorry, they can't type. And it was like, okay, so we need to get him a one-on-one aid, and we need to do all of these things. And I said, well, well, if you can't type with both hands, could you try to use a head mouse? Could you use your foot to be able to use a foot pedal? Other than having an adult where that's the easy solution, how do we get these kids to be independent? Yeah, the independence. Yeah. And
And yeah, to me, that make, that's the yeah, big that deal. Sense. Was at the end of the day, and I used to always, I remember, I used to always tell my students, Miss Park will be with you from sixth to eighth grade. But guess what? After eighth grade, she's not going with you unless you pay her a lot of money. So <laughs> you need to figure out how to have your own voice, and you need to figure out how to be able to do these on your own. Yeah. Because mom and dad is not going to be there with you forever, and your your one on one is not going to be there with you forever. So you need to be able to stand yeah. on your own two feet the best way you can. So if your left hand doesn't work, use your right hand. If your right hand doesn't work, use your left toe. If that doesn't work, you know, find the area that works yeah. for you and speak up about that. And so that really kind of changed my perspective as far as trying to find and and the number one thing I think we forget a lot of the times. Now, obviously, cognitive abilities plays a factor as well. So if the students are nonverbal and very low cognitive, being able to have that conversation is a little bit more difficult. Not impossible, but difficult. But those kids that are able to, a lot of the times, for me, it was asking the students, yeah. right? They yeah. are the number one stakeholders. Yeah. So asking them, what works for you? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Tell me. What do you think will make this even better for you? And that's where I feel like with this ARBR, it, that's exactly what it does. It brings that ability to be able to look at this and go, oh, I could use this. And I could do this with my you know, cousins. I could do this with you know, whoever. And, and it's not a specialized thing. And it opens up the world to them mm-hmm. in ways that obviously it wasn't available back then. And that to me is, again, I, I think that's just priceless. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's true. That's- it's really awesome. It's really powerful. <laughs> um, so l- let me ask you this. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Like, um, how long uh, have you been playing in the ARVR space? So this um, topic I've been presenting on for probably now through FETC, this is my third or fourth year. That's amazing. And every year it's evolved a little bit, obviously, sure. because sure. Of, as apps come and go. Yep. Um, but really, it's uh, this passion became a per- it was a personal thing that sure. turned into that morphed into well then now how can I bring it to the mm-hmm. classroom? How can I bring it to districts? How can I try to convince? Yeah. And looking at always kind of being like I said the the tech nerd, trying to look and see what the emerging tech trends are is what I'm always looking at to see okay if it's going to come out to the mass market. Yeah. Then how can I bring it and kind of be that I guess that's, soul that's, again? Yeah. Trooper. If you could see this you know, video, we're, James and I are both like, uh, yeah, kindred. Th- uh, it is because you know we're big proponents of going to conferences yeah. and and, and expos yep, yep. that have nothing to do with education. Absolutely, um, like I love going to AWE, yeah. Um, and VRLA, yeah, I love when those it was things. In yeah, and CES because you do because one thing you can bank on is that. Education, as far as hardware and software adoption of technology, is not at the forefront. It's towards the end. Absolutely, business is like, like really number one that we have readily have access to. But like things like CES and stuff like that, you you start seeing that those that potential of that of what that does and what it can do, right? Yes, absolutely. Especially for you with the, the background you have and the information you have at your disposal, you can look at something. In a completely different way and go, this is a game changer. And it may be something just as simple as um, like uh, motion gesturing where you don't have to hold a controller. It's just you're moving yes. like a limb or something like I that. I mean, if we mm-hmm. look at something like Alexa, for example, yeah, that, that opens up doors for everybody yeah right but if you look at it i'm sure when they first made alexa it wasn't somebody for it wasn't with the pretense of oh we'll make it for the special ed population but really it became a game changer for everybody yeah including our kids who if you have no use of your arms 
and you can use your voice, then you can go ahead and do so many things that's very much so in line with everybody yeah. else. And so I think it's just that focus. And, and exactly, I, I like to go to conferences or expos that really don't have a special ed focus. Because right. then we're all just preaching to the choir, and that goes nowhere. Yeah, that's a good way to put I that. I want to be able to go outside of that and think outside of the box mm-hmm. to say, okay, what is there? And, and I know some of the, the, the questions that I get a lot is, well, why do you go to CES? Like, that's the tech show. Well, yes, those are all of the cool bells and hoops and whistles that everybody talks about. What is the news focus on? They focus on the latest yep. cars. They focus on the latest, you know, household items. Yet there is a section in there. All This year there was a huge section all about accessibility, oh, yeah. including things like, I, well, I, I guess I can mention it because they, they were there, um, about uh, universities working with people with visual impairments. So a walking cane. Well, what about sticking a GPS on it? And so you have that together in a walking cane. Which currently doesn't exist. That's brilliant. But who? Why wouldn't you have thought? You know those kinds yeah. of things. Yeah. And so when you look at accessibility from that perspective, your world becomes your oyster, really. Yeah. And so I look at those kinds of things. And then there's also AR, VR in there. There's also 3D printing for our right. students that are visually impaired. 3D printing has become a game changer because hmm. if right. you can't see it, yeah. how are you going to describe? A frog. I mean, I mean, without you know the frog running away. Yeah. But if you can three D print a frog down to the minute details of when you were doing a dissection, for example, a kid with a visual impairment can feel it, and they they yeah. are quote unquote seeing it without seeing what you and I could see as a sighted person. Yeah. So those kinds of things, those tools, the three D printing, I'm sure wasn't made for people with visual impairments. It was made for so many other things. But again, you're incorporating communities that years ago or even decades ago would have just been kind of tossed to the side and oh well you'll just have somebody or you know just Mm. kind of you figure it out attitude and that's what I feel like is not happening nowadays is that we're we're at least having that conversation which I think is a big deal we still have a long ways to go but it's definitely something that to me was was a game changer and I think that's um, I I think that has been kind of my my mantra this whole year has been that hashtag game changer because yeah. there's been so many things that I've been seeing where that has been been the case yeah. right I'm doing um, besides just AR VR I'm doing a, a session all about Microsoft learning tools nice. because that in and of itself the things that's so easily available and you know I, I work both platforms and being an assistive technology coordinator you kind of have to be a jack of all trades yeah an, attitude as big of an Apple fanboy as I am you can't get you can't get siloed into it Absolutely. there's too many things out there well the thing is that some, sometimes our students, they don't have certain things, right? So they cannot afford an Apple product. They may have a PC product or they, yep. vice versa, right? And so you can't just say, well, I'm sorry. Well, so so sorry, so sad. You know, go on and, and I'll do my own thing. And so kind of being open to that has really helped kind of reshift my, my whole idea. And then yeah. I, I also have parents that are aging. And when they get to that age where mobility is an issue, well, instead of trying to look for those solutions at that time, I'm already thinking in the forefront of, oh, okay, when I go here, I could see this, and why is this not accessible, and why is this in this way, and asking those questions so that people can kind of look at those things, and that's one of the things um, that I like asking, even even for our vendors, whether it's here or at CES sometimes, when I see something that I'm like, oh, this is great, and they're going to put it to the mass market, I ask that question of, so how would it fit for kids with special needs? And a yeah. lot of the times, it's that total puzzled look like, say what? <laughs> like, yeah. huh? Who? But if I don't ask from the top, 
Yeah. yeah. Then nobody's going to ask about it. And, and as a consumer, after it's all done, then it's like, okay, we go into retweaking and stuff. But why don't we have that conversation from the beginning and ask it from the top to say, when you are making this XYZ product, have you thought about the kids with special needs? Have you thought about people that are just differently abled? What does that feel like? What does that look like for you? Yeah. Then you don't have to keep retweaking things. You can try to get it most inclusive from the right get off go. The bat. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that's the th- isn't that what we like when we're working with teachers as coaches and stuff like that? That's what we tell them to do. It's like don't wait till the end to try to include these different elements. Think about it from the beginning. And it makes everything else just so much smoother. Absolutely. And it makes sense. Absolutely. And it leads to less frustration for sure. So I got to believe there's some tool or some software out there. So not low, low-hanging fruit, not secret sauce, but something in the middle that you have found where you've got a company that has produced something highly accessible, works on all platforms, and has served your students really well. I think for our listeners? For, well, I think with the whole merge cubes that are coming out that to me has been a really attainable easy to do solution okay and in fact they are here at at fetc and if you are here at fetc i would highly suggest you to go and see them it's just so easy because you're taking a foamy cube and you're using your phone with simply an app and you're already just accessing content that's there so that's at, at, I mean, how much more simple can you, can you get with that? Right. <laughs> and you get something to come to life in 3D. And then you take that a step further, and they just introduced the Merge EDU platform. So taking that and kind of weaving in STEAM mm. curriculum with that, well, now you're making it much more uh, personalized as far as access to curriculum. What, what I really loved about the Merge last year, I learned about um, Kevin Chaha had done uh, – a whole thing of, of the moment. Who, who's Adam. that? Who's, I, you know, who's you may guy? have heard of him. You who's know, that not guy? that big. Um, but he introduced the moment app, and I thought, wow, it 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 was a fresh uh, a breath of fresh air. But at the same time, kind of made me go, wow, it's taken this long for somebody to think about something that. This can go across the board. It's not just for kids with yeah. special needs. It yeah. is for every student who, or actually every adult even, yes. who is having, Person, a, what, right? what are we yeah. talking about? We're talking yeah. about a lot of mental health issues. That goes right up there. And and I just love the fact that he took something mm. like that. And for our students who are nonverbal, that is their way to communicate. But now you're taking something and making it available to everybody so to me that and and that's what i showcase in my arvr is if you have nothing else to do and you're so overwhelmed just take a merge cube go download the moments app and start that conversation with your kids whether it's verbally whether it's using a speech generated device whether it's them typing it out have that conversation with that and it's just so easy you're now talking about arvr so that's one of them um at ces there's actually a company called tori and they've been around, so it's T-O-R-I, it's the Tori Explorer Pack. And what I love about them is they are taking, so, our, you know, you and I grew up with actually going to like a Toys R Us and going and touching and feeling toys. Yeah, and right, yeah. We don't have that anymore. I mean, I mean, where do you go and buy the toys and where do you be, you know, have that explore, exploration time. And what I found at CES was this company, Tori, is doing something where they are taking physical toys and you can have a cardboard cutout where you're customizing. So you are making a rocket ship, for example, and you can color it whatever color you want. And you are attaching it through their little toy. And then you are loading it onto using an app. 
and they provide a board for you. So it comes all with a board and all of the supplies. And you load the app. And it's kind of like the um, Nintendo Power Pads. Long time ago, we used to have those Nintendo Power Pads. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. that idea. So you plug in the pad to your, your iPad. You use the toy. And now you're you're having the AR, VR, MR experience all in one. And it's available. At, uh, GameStop has them. Amazon has them. Um, Best Buy has them. But for $130, it's a great exploratory pack where you can have these experiences but it's customized yeah. so it's kind yeah. of like they they t- and they want quite a bit of um, CS innovation awards because of of the things that they're doing so it's kind of creating content for students but it's personalized because they're customizing you know if they're making a rocket ship they are coloring it with those colors and those colors gets incorporated into the app when they go and play with it I mean, where do you have that experience? So they don't need to have a VR headset, but they are getting an MR experience just by utilizing the camera from your iPad and a board. That's amazing. Okay. That's really cool. (laughs) Jen dropping (laughs) dropping some stuff for us here today. Kevin, Um, you have a huge fan. You're welcome, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I think your app is free. So, I, yes, uh, it is free. You're yeah, not making free. no money, Kevin. Exactly. Yeah, you, you're not making that money, buddy. He's doing, you know, for, for the good greater job. good. Yes. That's what he's he doing. He is. Well, and he does do that. You know, we love Kevin because that he does look out for that first. And I do want to yeah. challenge him. Yeah. One of the things for, for our um, oh, here kids we go. with... with uh, hashtag challenge uh, Yes, Kevin. hashtag t- was, uh, for our kids that have um, hearing issues. I think something that would be great as far as, and, or any app developer, would be to be able to kind of show kids how, how kids wear hearing aids or how the hearing loss is, right? If you have a 3D image of how you have a hearing loss and what that looks like for you, yeah. even showing those kinds of things, I think would be great. Because if, if I'm a student with a hearing loss and I want to explain to my non-hearing impaired peer, well, this is why I need to wear hearing aids. This is where my hearing loss is, for example. I could talk about it, but wouldn't that be better if I could show the model and say, right here, this is where my hearing loss is. These are the, you know, hearing aids that I wear, and this is how sound travels to me or how I get information. Just saying. Mm. That's Mm. just something I was thinking about. All right, Kevin. That's awesome. It's out there. (laughs) Hashtag TigerEDU. Get on it. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, you know, and you mentioned Merge, and I did. They're they're over on, in the Ocean Drive rooms. C, uh, C, right? Yes. Yep. Um, and they can find you here at. Uh, so you have a presentation tomorrow at one o'clock. Yes. So that's C two twelve. That's the one on the AR and VR, the inclusive classroom, right? Yes. Okay. And you have another session too, right? That yes, you had mentioned. It's the hashtag game changer. Mm. Um, that one. Let's see. Yeah, I'm pulling it up now. If uh, if the Wi-Fi gods smile upon me, that is Friday morning. That's Friday morning, um, and that is in room. Oh, it's a two twelve two thirteen. It's a yes. combo room. Yes. Okay. Great. No, that's awesome. Now the other thing is because we're going to have listeners that this is going to resonate with, and I would venture to say that it's going to get shared with people that don't normally listen mm-hmm. to our podcast. They're going to want to connect with you. Sure. What, what's a way that they can connect with you? So usually I just, because I'm still working with the school school districts, yeah. I don't want my inboxes to be inflated with that. <laughs> so I usually have one that I use through Gmail because that was okay. free. So it's jenpark03 at gmail.com. So okay. it's J-E-N-N-P-A-R-K-0-3. Okay. Y-0-3 because when I first created it, my classroom number was number three. Yeah. I know. <laughs> 
There was no thought process behind it. That was why. I thought you were the third one. I know. It's I was trying to do number one, but that was already taken. You know, my, my name is pretty common. Look, I, when I went to go do my name, it was taken. I was like, really? there's no one else named me. Oh. So that's where I get the real James real. McCreary at gmail.com. <laughs> I mean, it's verified. Ver- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, that is great. I, I I do believe that this is an important topic, and we're definitely going to want to connect outside of this yeah. podcast. Yes, for um, sure. Because you have provided some incredible insights today. Uh, it's really challenged us, yeah. and I really think it's going to challenge our listeners, um, and it's going to be speaking to an audience that probably didn't even know that this was a consideration. Yes, I hope so. So thank you so much for coming thank and you. talking with us today. I'm I'm I'm, I'm really stoked. Uh, well, this is such a such a good interview and I'm so thankful for FETC and Ross for actually connecting us. Absolutely. Um, so this is really cool. Um, so thank you Stephen again. Um, if y'all want to learn more, make sure that you're following us on social media. We're going to be sending out this information. We're going to go ahead and we're going to post up um, links to your uh, your uh, speaker information on FETC so yes. people can see where you're at and stuff like that and connect with you there. Yes, um, and I haven't put my presentation up yet because I'm still kind of doing last-minute tweaks. Um, trust me, so <laughs> yes. Most people. That's Yes, okay, that's, so that's everyone. That's why they leave it open for so long. Yes, and Even exactly. way, sometimes way yes, after that. absolutely. Yeah, they realize that people are using the Google Slides uh, trick and they're like <laughs> yes exactly yes <laughs> so as modifying. soon as yes after after the sessions then I will try to put yeah. something but yes living documents will, as yes, we call exactly. them yeah all right gang well uh, thank you so much for listening and make sure you stay in touch with us and we'll talk to you next time later want to hear more or connect with us Subscribe to the podcast and find us on social media at The VR Podcast.